Hello. How you doing? This is Glaze Exists, and it is episode 29, and it's 25th of the 1st, 2020. Apologies, there was no podcast last night. Uh, I was going to do a late one, and then I was like, you know what? I'll give you a chance to catch up with the others, right? It's not like there's a shortage of episodes. Tomorrow will be episode 30, so, you know. <laughs> um, basically, I got drunk. That's the honest and quick answer. Got drunk with three people that I'm aiming to move in with. Um, so there you go. That's what I did. <laughs> I was in a Weatherspoons, and uh, there was I was kind of in the middle of an argument between two people, and uh, basically there's a long line to get a drink, and one guy uh, was kind of both two Irish guys, and one guy was waiting, and so this old man was like, look. Here's the exact money. Can you give me a John Smith? And then he went off at him like, all these people asking me these things. And and then he started saying stuff to me that I didn't really understand, not because of his accent or anything, just because I didn't really know what he was shouting about. And then, <laughs> so I had him complaining to me about that guy. And then he left. And then the guy he was complaining about was talking to me, complaining about him. And I was just in the middle. I was like an agony aunt being like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's difficult, isn't it? I always end up in that situation. The sort of peacekeeper middleman, I'm just like, I don't care. Sort that out between yourselves. Don't, <laughs> don't make me like the school teacher you both run to. Uh, we played a bit of a drinking game, and I realised there's a problem with drinking games. One, if you do it and it's just like, let's drink our normal drinks, doesn't really, you know, it's pointless. There's no kind of uh, edge to it. It's like, oh, now you have to drink while you're already drinking. Uh, so you need, like, you know, like onion schnapps or something. <laughs> some sort of uh, toenail liqueur. Some sort of horrible, strong alcohol. And also, um, I was playing with four people that I all really like and they were all interesting and fun. And the problem with drinking games is that only fun if it's with people who are very boring, Right? They're what you play when you're like, we have nothing in interest, right? We can't put together a conversation and no one's funny. So let's play a drinking game. But the problem was, the four people I did it with, you know, I was like, you're all more interesting than this game. So to be honest, it'd be much more fun just chatting shit than uh, doing this game. Because this game is, it's not good enough for us. <laughs> so there was, uh, I can't remember the name again, but the... You have to like read these things and answer questions. It's meant to be like a good to know you game. There was one that I read out where uh, people had to do impressions of me. <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, it's weird because I know like celebrities and stuff, some get really annoyed about doing it. But it's like some love it because it's just a narcissistic thing where you're like, <laughs> everyone has to try to be me. <laughs> Also, you realise stuff about yourself you don't usually realise. Like someone did an impression. And it was pretty good. They were like, okay, you talk from a certain point in your voice, often here at the back, right? With a sort of staccato of, hi, how are you doing? You all right? Everything going okay? I suppose it is, right? <laughs> and I helped someone out. They were like, I don't know how to do it. I was like, right, here's a line that 
I would say. His, <laughs> if I was parodying myself, this is a Khalees line, which is, I've not seen it, but apparently it's shit. <laughs> and I say that because apparently I said that in my sleep once. I was just in my bed, but it was like, fast asleep, and just went, oh, I've not seen it, yeah, apparently it's shit. <laughs> I was like, that's as me as he can get, isn't it? And uh, as I was hearing it, I was like, oh no. I'm almost like uh, Danny Dealer from Withmill and I. The guy's like, I'll call it the Camberwell Carrot. <laughs> I made it in Camberwell. <laughs> so I was, I was walking back to the place where I'm staying and I saw a guy in a high-vis jacket. Green, sorry, orange high-vis jacket and green high-vis trousers. And he was walking down the street backwards. <laughs> first I was like, oh, is he, like, digging or something? He's trying to work out the length or something. But they just kept on doing it. Just going down the street, walking backwards. <laughs> Remember, it reminded me of, uh, there's an old Morgan Wise joke where, I think, slightly improvised because they messed up a line and it was kind of live. And uh, they were talking about the current head of the BBC. And I was like, oh, there he is, walking down the corridors of power, which is meant to be the line. Eric Morkum instead went walking down the powers of corridor. And then he was like, um, <laughs> don't mean the corridors of power. And quick on his feet, Eric Morkum was like, ah, yes, but he works backwards. <laughs> which is just a great ad lib, isn't it? <laughs> um, so yeah, I saw that guy and I was like, oh, he's obviously walking down the powers of corridor. <laughs> I saw trending on Twitter last night. About 30,000 people apparently trending him up. Uh, bring back Ben Solo. I was like, dude, the movie came out like a month ago. <laughs> Two months ago. He's still talking about it. Um, people still finding him to complain. And to be honest, I don't know. I know some people are like, oh, I don't like those movies. I don't know. If, I mean, you're never going to please anyone, especially with something, such a big old fan base. There's no way of doing it in a way that people are like, yeah, this is perfect. There's always going to be people who have very minute problems with it, like, oh, I think this character should have uh, danced with this character. I remember when I, I didn't like the Avengers movie, the first one, and always people were saying it was amazing in the reviews. And I was just like, I don't get it. I thought it was awful. It was just like, I don't know, just things smashing into buildings and, you know, I had a couple of one-liners in it, but that was about it. There was nothing really in the film to keep my attention. Also, it was like, I remember watching the cinema and the first scene was like so high res. And I think the way it was lit, you could see all the makeup and stuff on the faces. It was just put me off. I was like, oh yeah, it's just Tom Hiddleston covered in makeup in a bloody sort of pantomime green suit. <laughs> and everyone was like, I was like, why is it so good? Or why do you think it's so good? And like, it's like all the characters in one movie. I was like, okay, yeah, but what about the movie? It's like, we had like Iron Man in it and Thor and they were all in there. I was like, oh, that's it. That's the kind of fan thing of just it's good all the minute. That's all you really want. It's not really a film. I think I kind of actually agree with Scorsese uh, when he says they're more like theme parks. And they are in a way. I don't know. If you like them, you like it or whatever. But they aren't really films. They're products. It's like people like Iron Man, they like this. So let's just put them together. You're going to see them. It's not really a movie. If the movie had characters in it with different names, 
you probably like this is a shit film, but because it's like I just want to see um, Spider Man and shit, you're like, right, we'll just put them in it. That's it. Don't do anything else. Just have them swinging them out. <laughs> but I think thinking about it, I might be wrong. Just my idea. I think what is wrong with the new Star Wars films is, unlike the original trilogy, they're not based around set pieces. I think that's what's quite great with the old ones, is they're basically just uh, really thought-out set pieces strung together with a basic plot. The first one, right, it's got kind of, yeah, it's got the whole siege running down corridor bit and swinging across the uh, bridge. Uh, it's got a lightsaber fight that is really disappointing. <laughs> just two old men sort of hitting sticks together. <laughs> Um, it's a bit like, you know, the uh, Jeff Ross, David Tell, Bumpy Mikes, where once they sort of roast each other, they bump the mics together. That's that fight. They're just bumping sticks. <laughs> that would have been a better lightsaber fight if it's just Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, like, roasting each other. <laughs> He's like, Darth Vader's like, You're so old. You knew Yoda when he was a baby. And, like, Obi-Wan's like... <laughs> And everyone's like, um, <laughs> you're the only man that looks more attractive with a helmet on. <laughs> but yeah, all the old ones are just set pieces. Like, they've all got scenes where you just remember vividly because they're really thought out set pieces. Um, I was listening to, went to a, like a talk with the original editor. I think he was brought on at a slightly later date because they weren't happy with the original cut. Anyway, Paul Mersh, who also did Brandon Palmer's films. A lot of his films. And, um, yeah, he's one of my heroes as an editor. And he was saying that uh, originally the they ran out of money, so they couldn't quite finish the end sort of uh, kind of Death Star sequence. Um, and they, all they had was shots of people in cockpits. And the studio wanted to just kind of end it um, as they escape the Death Star before the whole, we've got to destroy it and all that stuff. The model guys were um, having trouble, like, putting it together. So apparently they originally edited the shots of them in the cockpit with kind of uh, shots from old, like, war movies, like dogfight shots, basically, and then just got the model guys to copy them. Um, and it makes sense because it is quite well thought out. It's quite long, but it's quite a good suspense sequence. But I don't think anyone's got that. They don't have any of the, like, lots of things happen and there's, expensive explosions and you know impressive effects but they're not really planned out in that way it's just sort of get the characters have them run about there's some lasers and then a ship blows up <laughs> also they like changing the terrain as well from like uh the deserts um and then inside the starship to then the second one is all the snow and half and stuff and the swamp and then the third one was like desert again but it was like las vegas desert and then uh, Forest. So they kind of, you know, they tried to mix up the set pieces. Same with Indiana Jones, they're best. But the first one's so good because it's basically just a load of really thought out and storyboarded set pieces. Anyway, enough of that. I'll go meet some friends and uh, you know they're good friends or you know that I like them because, right, I live in North London, have done for a while, and they're in South West London, right? So it took me like an hour and a half to get there, an hour and a half back. Um, that's the, the myth of London. 
So you think it's all kind of close. And you do a journey where you're like, oh, they're just in London. It's just an hour and a half journey away, right? Which is like, if you were outside of London, you lived in like Bristol or whatever, and your friend was in Southampton or somewhere, it's kind of the same thing. You wouldn't do it though. You'd be like, oh, it's a different town, different city. I'm not doing that. But because everything's supposed to be London, you're like, oh, just traveling inside London. That's a lie. Um, but that's the test of a good friendship is like, if you ever want to know who your real friends are, they always say, you know, it's when shit goes down, you really need them is when you know who your friends are. It's actually when you move to another side of London as them <laughs> and you know who your real friends are, but the ones who still see you, right? <laughs> a meme that's popular at the moment where uh, they show different photos of like LinkedIn photo, your Facebook photo, your Instagram photo and your Tinder photo and then how they're all like slightly different. I looked at that and I was like, Mine would just be the same photo four times. <laughs> That's me. I'm like, ah, I like this photo. I'll use it for everything. <laughs> was uh, just having a little kind of trailer uh, search on YouTube. I like just watching old random trailers and stuff. And uh, there's one for a um, John Johnson film from Miami Vice. He's kind of back around now. He's kind of um, managed to get a career by being quite a good supporting actor and... Uh, you know, he still looks very attractive for his age. So that helps. Because um, he was in Knives Out and stuff. And I believe he was in the Watchmen series. I've not seen it. But anyway, he's in it. It's an 80s action film. It's meant to be actually all right. I've not seen it. But the title is awful. It's called Dead Bang. <laughs> and in the trailer, it's like, it started with a death, ended with a bang. <laughs> Dead Bang. <laughs> Dead Bang, it sounds like they got, like the producer got his like five-year-old toddler to name it. What do you want to call it? It's an extra little, um, de Dead Bang, Bang Dead, Dead Bang, Dead Bang. Right, all right, that's the title now. <laughs> I love old action movie titles where, um, like all the Seagal films and Van Damme films, like basically what you would do is get a word that meant like excess, right? Like extreme, ultimate, right? And then just a kind of action word, like smash, impact, um, collision, right? And then put them together, so it's just like, maximum collision. <laughs> Extreme impact. Um, <laughs> right, it wouldn't work if it was, you know, less um, extreme words. If it was like, mild irritants. <laughs> Stephen Seagal in Mild Irritants. <laughs> Jean Volcan Dam in Fairly Bad. <laughs> Things aren't just bad. They're just fairly bad. They could be worse. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger in Slight Hindrance. <laughs> there's, a, there's a hurdle in his way. And it's slightly troublesome. <laughs> um, something just came to my mind because I was talking to other people about it. There's sort of uh, a craze now of like right-wing comedians. Fine, whatever you want to do, right? I kind of just concentrate on my own thing. I don't really bother thinking about what other people do. And uh, But because there was that one, the people in the press were going, there's no right-wing comedians. And now people are still saying that, but there's quite a lot. There's so many, if you ever look at Edinburgh brochure or whatever, there's loads of people that's like, 
the only right-wing comedian in London or the only right-wing comedian in the UK. But it was like 12 different people saying that. It's like, hmm, don't think so. <laughs> but it's funny, I know a few people are doing quite well out of it. And they're not right-wing at all. Like, in real life, they're actually quite left-wing. And I think they actually hate most of the things they say. But it's a way of standing out. It's kind of become a bit of a novelty. But I find it funny, this is like, there's people and it's like, they're doing all this like pro-Trump, anti-Brexit stuff. Uh, and then you meet them and they're like, yeah, I wish we remained. Oh God, I'm voting for Bernie. <laughs> He's so right and I just find it quite amusing. I do get annoyed though. There's a thing in comedy where people complain about freedom of speech because they say something and then someone says they don't like what they said. And uh, it's like, no, that is freedom of speech, right? You get to say what you want. And then I get to say, you're full of shit. <laughs> People seem to think, especially like Farage and stuff, they seem to think being um, that free speech means no one can say anything about what you said. It's like, no, that's not what it is. That's freedom of, that's basically whatever you say is law. Because those people also just complain about other people and what they say, right? Because that's what we do. Left-wing people are like, I don't know what right-wing people say. Right-wing people go, I don't like what left-wing people say. Um, but yeah, the freedom of speech where it's like, the thing I said, people are complaining about it. Where's my freedom of speech? And it's like, well, you can still say it and even talk about what people are saying about it. It doesn't mean people can't go, I don't like that. They might be wrong. But you kind of have to accept that if you ever correct something. There's going to be someone saying, that was shit. Someone might say it's good. But you can't expect everyone just to hide their opinion. Like uh, Hollywood studios when they do a big film like like uh, Cats and then <laughs> stop anyone reviewing it, hoping people won't notice it's shit. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we can tell the film's shit without reading reviews for Cats. <laughs> Looks crit. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there because I've got like a five-hour-long journey to go. Get to see some friends and that would be nice, but... Uh, Wish everyone just lived in North London. Anyway, um, I will be back tomorrow with a bit of a longer episode, I reckon. Um, thanks for tuning in and all that. And don't let the bastards grind you down. Enjoy your Saturday night. Let's do this again sometime.